Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And, jeez, oh, the Wildcats not only had a chance to win, they probably should have beaten Washington last week. They fell 21-16 in a game that they were up 13-0, uh, 16-7, and they just they did enough to lose to Washington. They're now 0-7. The losing streak is at 19 straight. And it seems like here we go again. Yeah, I I rewatched the game after after being there in person. Um, I, I I I'm of two minds about it because it's it's frustrating to find ways new and creative ways to lose when a game they could have should have maybe even won. But I actually saw things, and maybe I'm the contrarian here because I know there was some criticism of of Jed Fish and play calling. I actually you know, somewhat hot take. I think this was the best game plan they've had in any game this season, maybe <laughs> um, because it was very stripped down basics, lots of power running, using Jamari Joyner effectively, trying to minimize uh, opportunities for screw ups on offense. Didn't mean we couldn't make it happen, <laughs> but um, that's talent. You know, there, I rewatched that one, that interception play like five times and watched a few things develop to try to see like, how the hell did that happen? And I have some thoughts, but yeah. you know, I, I, I think it, I think it showed, I don't think the team has given up at all, which is, I think is a really positive thing. I don't know how many more close losses they can take until they, they, they give up. That's my big concern. Um, you know, they walked out in the, believe shirts to the wildcat walk and we're we're pretty well into Je- uh, ted lasso season one that at some point we got to win a game right or <laughs> or are we just going to get relegated to uh non-power five at the end of this season yeah well based on what happened against nau that may not help anyway i i'm actually i agree with you like i watched that game and we know it's the backdrop to this entire season right like we know arizona does not have a lot of talent and it's especially true at the quarterback position now no jordan mcleod no gunner cruz will Plummer. The guy plays hard, but he is what he is. And Arizona went into that game and developed an offense that found a way to minimize the met chances for screwing up at the quarterback position. Now, they were able to run the ball, which you had to know Washington knew that, too. They were going to try to run, and Arizona did it. So credit to the offensive line, credit to Stevie Rocker, to Jalen John for finding a way. Credit to even Will Plummer. He managed the game very well. He didn't throw for hardly any yards in this game, even when things were going well. It wasn't because Will Plummer was doing anything other than the occasional short third down conversion. He ran the ball a few times. He was playing within himself, not trying to do too much, and the coaching staff was not asking him to do too much, and his teammates were not forcing him to have to do too much. 
Arizona was doing a lot of things well. The defense was playing well. They gave a couple of long pass plays. Even the game, it all fell apart at the interception, and then Washington reeled off 14 straight points after that. Arizona couldn't move the ball, and that was that. But the defense played pretty well most of the game. It gave up a few plays. I, I go back. We talked after the game, Brett, too. It, Arizona's defense was spot a lead, and then the fourth quarter, they just couldn't stop anything, which was sad. It was disappointing because they had played so well through most of that game. And like we could talk, but there was a lot of criticism about that play call. We can start there because it's hard to just go on to things that Arizona did well in a game that they lost. I don't want to be that guy, that podcast. But that play call, Jed Fish even said that he thought it was the safest play they could run. You know, it's a screen pass, and you don't expect a screen pass to be intercepted, even though Arizona did have a screen pass intercepted against Oregon, albeit for a different reason. I watch it. I was not upset with the play call because – I look and say, what's the worst that can happen? Probably that ball gets incomplete. It's thrown in the dirt, whatever. And then you look at it. If it's completed, there's like three blockers, four blockers out in front for two or three Washington players. And if it works, say that screen screen pass happens, it's completed. They're at the 29, right? He picks up 15, 20, maybe even takes it to the house. It's what a great play call to put this one away. But because it didn't work, it's why the hell are you throwing the ball? Just keep running and... Neither side is, I don't know. Like, I did not have a problem with the play call. The execution was very, very poor. I didn't have a problem with the play call itself. Yeah, it was It was one of those plays when I rewatched it, and I saw a couple of these during the game, and one of them we talked about right after with the blocked punt. We can maybe touch on that in a second, where it's just like the little things you do to increase your likelihood of winning. Uh, one of those things on that play, I think it was freshman Anthony Simpson running in um, in motion on that play. Mm-hmm. And the reason why Will Plummer went, like, he was rushed to throw that is because there's a blitz coming from the outside. And Anthony Simpson kind of did a half, you know, doing the old fly sweep uh, motion and just watched the blitzer run by him instead of, like, trying to even chip him at all. And I'm convinced after watching it about 10 times that if you do that, Will Plummer's, the worst case scenario is he throws the ball incomplete. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he had, he had a guy on him like that, right? And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like Anthony Simpson's like a, you know, an athletic talented freshman probably excited about being on the field and trying to sell whatever kind of fly sweep, uh, you know, motion he's doing. But like a more experienced guy knows there that you just need to even obstruct the pe- the, guy, the guy that's blitzing there. Well, right. That, that experience goes for the quarterback too. a more experienced quarterback knows throw that ball into the dirt. It's not there. And well, Shedfish sure. said that. And that's just this is not an experienced team. They're going to make those mistakes. And these are crippling mistakes. Yeah, and that's, that's I think the saddest thing, especially especially rewatching it, they were marching down the field mm-hmm. again, and you know, we haven't seen that with a non-Jordan McLeod-led offense particularly frequently in in this season. Um, you know, it's 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 frustrating. I mean, I. <laughs> I was at the game and I was telling anybody that would listen around me that I would run the ball 85% of the time and then occasionally throw a play action deep pass. And that's about all I would do for the and game. And even plan. then the screen pass was a play action screen pass. There was a lot. Yeah. going. It wasn't just that he's dropped back for a screen. It was meant to sell the play action, which Jetfish his, his reasoning, he defended the play. He's like, we like to th- go play action, throw it deep on like those post routes and those situations. So let's try the screen pass. It obviously didn't work, but man, yeah, it, well, and, and there was and there was times, uh, you know, I was there in person, so I have a little bit different perspective than you maybe get on the film. But like there was a few plays where Jalen Johnson actually ran really good routes and looked open, but it also looked readily apparent that they had coached Will Plummer to do about two reads. And then, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's it, which 
bluntly, I'm fine with that because I think that's the best, most likely chance to win right now and to get Will Plummer any level of confidence. Um, but you know, it's 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 if you think through the game, there's a bunch of plays and people second guess like not going for it on on fourth down from your own like 30 something when you're only up two, which yeah. I think I think that would be a stupid time to go for it. In rewatching it, I actually wish they would have gone for it on the first play of the of the second half when they were up two scores in a similar situation. Uh, when you're up two scores, that makes a lot more sense to me when you just get, you, you know, it was like a fourth and one again, like the 30 something, but well, you, know you know what though, you mentioned that this, and you mentioned like the Will Plummer, he was coached to make one read, maybe two. And that was that. And I hate to say, cause phrasing it the way I'm going to makes it sound worse, but it's almost like they're being coached not to lose, not coached to win, but they're coached not to lose. Even those fourth down plays like, yeah, when it's, like you, you could say, oh, go for it. You know, you've lost 18 straight games. Why not? Well, you don't want to be the reason why you lost the game because you had a chance to win. So it sounds bad, but this is a team that doesn't have a lot of talent. It has no margin for error. We saw that. You know, this is a game that they basically dominated. They had the two turnovers. One of them is the Hail Mary that was 10 yards short of the end zone, which well, they would have got closer if Brian Castile caught one of the two, you know, passes in the flat that were to him, wide open, hit him in the hands, and he just dropped both of them, which just – and those are the things, right? Arizona did just enough to lose this game. Washington's not good. I know they were more than two touchdown favorites. They weren't a good team, but they were still more talented than Arizona. And yet Arizona, for most of that game, was the better team. It wasn't it was fluky. They were lining up, running it down their throats, and getting what they wanted. The defense was playing great. And yet Arizona made just some mistakes, a holding penalty in like a goal-to-go situation. The 12 men on the field in the fourth quarter on that second or watching his last try, which it, it was dumb. I don't think it mattered. Arizona could have got the ball back with two minutes left. They still weren't scoring a touchdown. We all know that. But just Arizona can't do those things and win. They just can't. They did those things against NAU and lost. They cannot do those things to get anybody and beat them because of their deficiencies at quarterback, because of their deficiencies on the offensive line, because of their lack of depth on defense. They just don't have the horses to make those mistakes. Judge Fish has said it, and we all know that. And yet everyone's so upset over this game, and that's a good thing. You want to be upset. You don't want to be apathetic towards this. But nothing that's happened negatively other than the NAU game, and even then it's like, well, it all makes sense. They don't have the talent to have – they don't have the margin for error. But nothing that happened against the Washington Huskies last Friday should surprise anyone. (laughs) Disappoint you? Frustrate you? Anger you? Sure. Those are all good things to feel after a loss like this, especially when it's a 19th straight loss. Yeah, there's – you know, there's a bunch of other plays of the would have, could have, should have those little mistakes. Like they could have had a forced fourth down on the 12 men on the field where the defense made a great play. And if they only had 11 guys on the field, they still would have made a great play. Looked like, you know, the defense, the defense overall played great. Jalen Harris uh, running down on the third or the third and short running down. I think it was a running back and making a a nice open field tackle. Like those are the plays that are winning plays. Diallo Diallo was great. Diallo was a, was a monster. Um, but yeah, it's it's all of those little mistakes, and I was just thinking, Adam, do you think can you think of a better um, sequence that's a microcosm of Arizona football season this year, where they still have an opportunity to win the game in that last drive, and they drop two simple five yard outs to set up their quarterback to throw the most pathetic hail mary that gets intercepted <laughs> ten yards short because they can't they don't have the arm talent to throw it far enough. Right, but that that's just it. Right? Arizona's <laughs> probably not winning the game even on the hail mary. Probably not. We've seen it happen no. before, but you don't expect that. And yet Arizona couldn't even put themselves in position to attempt a reasonable Hail Mary, not because of anything the coaches did. <laughs> like Washington was giving them those passes. Like, yeah, throw the Hail Mary. We don't care. And Arizona couldn't take advantage. And that's just, 
and Castillo's a veteran. Like that, that's inexcusable. That that can't happen. There, everyone did their job, but the receiver in the play. There's no one else you can blame but him. But that's the thing. Arizona made those mistakes, and they've been making those mistakes. And the question is. Are they making mistakes because of coaching? Are they making mistakes because of a lack of talent? Is it a combination of both? And some of them are just like when it's a holding penalty, you could argue, yeah, that's just a lack of talent. They're not being coached to hold, but you get by better players, you're going to hold. Now, I will say, I think it was a young guy called for that hold that led to Washington's final touchdown that took the lead there and made it 21-16. I forget which defensive lineman it was. It might have been Diallo. Got held like crazy coming up the middle, and of course the refs don't throw that flag. It should have been offsetting penalties. It was obvious watching it happen. And then I know other people, I know Michael Lev, our good friend from the Arizona Daily Star, he does his rewatches. like, yep, that could have been offsetting penalties. Who knows what happens there? Maybe Washington scores a touchdown anyway, but it shouldn't have been yeah. first and goal from the two-yard line where there was all but guaranteed a touchdown. And at that point, if it's only 17-16, you give Arizona a chance because, yeah, they could maybe get into field goal range. They're not going to get a touchdown. So those things happen, though. Arizona's not good enough. Is it because of talent? Is it because of coaching? To, to your point, Brett, earlier, you said you thought this was a great game plan and great coach game. I tend to agree. I think anytime Arizona's competitive this season against a good team, now, Again, people can point to the NAU game, and I'll keep going back to that. There's no excuse. That was poor coaching, poor playing. Everything was bad. Every other game, you can make a case that the coaching had them in the game. And for a team that doesn't have talent, like you can't go into a season and say, this team has no talent, and then when they're in games against superior teams, say, well, the coaching cost them the game because they were in that game. Like, no, the coaching is better. It's just not good enough to overcome the lack of talent. And a lack of talent makes the mistakes that are just crippling. They're crushing. Again, the hold. I think it was like first and goal from the nine. You get a holding penalty on first down. Now you're basically, you're done. Arizona doesn't have the offense to make that happen. There's the offsides penalties. They had a couple of them on big plays. Like they, they do just enough to lose. And I think it's talent. I think it's roster construction. And I can't put that on the coaches. Not this season. Yeah, it, I think in a weird way to kind of rephrase what I think you're trying to say, Adam, is that the coaching is good enough to make the losses more frustrating when they make mistakes and the talent doesn't well, show sure. up. Because if, that, if it's it. worse, if it's worse coaching, they're not competitive in this game. Because like Washington, sure, you know we had Max Rubin on. Washington is a, is disappointed this year, but I remember once again, you know, my seats are right there, uh, pretty 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 sweet seats uh, with a nice view. And the first, you know, time Washington's line uh, goes up against our defense, it's it's like, man, we've gotten bigger as a team, but we are still smaller at every position, and that doesn't change overnight. Um, you know, you have guys, uh, especially on the defense, that are, are relatively young, like Jaden Young. That need if Jaden Young with another like 15, 20 pounds. Oh man, there was one play that killed me. There was a third down where he tried to make a big hit and he mm-hmm. didn't wrap up. And they and got the first down. He, and they led to their makes, first touchdown. If he makes that tackle, what happens? Like, there's there's all those little plays. You and I talked about after the game that the blocked punt even, I think Reddy Short fell on it just to secure the ball. And it's like, you know, it was fourth down, man. You don't, if they get the ball, who cares? You're still getting the uh, ball. Chad Fisher, that too, he's like, I wish, he's like, his words, he's saying like, he wishes it was a scoop and score instead of a scoop and fall. And it's like, you don't want to get mad at a player for their coach to do that. But yeah. every one of those little plays, and that's, there was games like the last game of last season, it didn't matter. There wasn't a single play that cost them. In most of the games last season, it didn't matter. Even the season before, there weren't a lot of close games. You say, oh, if it wasn't for those one or two plays, Arizona had a chance. That was the case against Washington. And Arizona made a lot of mistakes against Washington and still had a chance. And maybe that says more about Washington being bad than Arizona being improved. But, again, Arizona was also, what, 16, 17-point underdogs for a reason. Arizona does not have a good team right now. And yet, they had played hard. They played hard in that game. And the question is, do they believe they can win? 
And that's something Jed Fish said too, where, and we had talked about after that interception, it was like, well, they're like, here we go again. And Jed Fish said that too. They had that mentality where they just don't have the confidence that they can come back and do this. Because even when the interception happened, they're still up two scores. And the ball is in Washington territory. There's no reason why that had to be the end of the game right there. Get a stop, force a field goal, something, and you're fine. And just come back and chew up clock. Like, yes, points there would have been huge, but not getting points there wasn't the end of the game. It just wasn't. And yet the team had that, I think it was like four plays later, they're in the end zone, Washington. And it was a big play. Christian Wallen-Walls had a rough game against Washington. He got beat a couple of times on those deep balls. But Arizona was right there against Washington. Despite their mistakes, but despite their talent differential, they were there and they should have won this game. Now, can you feel better about that? I don't know. It's hard to feel good about a loss, especially when you should have won. Like it's, but yeah, you know, it's better but than losing even, by forty. Even that big play where I think it was Terrell Bynum who just beat up Arizona's secondary in that game. I, on the rewatch, I did kind of put, you know facepalm when I hear the announcer be like, "Now, if you're Arizona here, you just want to avoid giving up the big play, cue fifty-yard pass." Yeah. Um, but even like Terrell Bynum's, uh, I think he was the one that caught it in the the the, the first touchdown. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly well defended, and it's like, what are you supposed to do to yeah, that? He just made a play. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's tough. I think, you know, I think as long as Jed Fish doesn't lose the team and they keep believing in themselves, uh, you know, I was there. I got to see them coming out into the field, and the body language is most, for the most part, pretty good. You could see Stanley Berryhill is clearly the emotional leader on this team. In pregame, he was he was trying to hype his team up and like you can tell he thinks they're going to win um and he's trying to will will the team there um it's just we there i I think to what you go back to where you said there the game plan was trying to was playing not to lose i think that's what arizona has to do against the uh uh, to get a to get a win before you can like learn how to win you got to learn how to not lose that's the difference between a team that loses and a team that doesn't right yeah um and some of its coaching some of its talent I, I think the game plan was actually pretty good. I mean, gosh, if I had told you pregame, Adam, that we, we would be 218 rushing yards for Arizona versus 88 for Washington, you would have felt pretty darn happy about what the that, that game was going to mm-hmm. lo- look like, right? Yeah. Um, and the defense was disruptive. You know, there's for some reason, they're just not able to quite get turnovers. You, you think at some point... <laughs> The odds would mean that more fumbles would get would happen uh, on on tackles or an occasional tipped pass would become an interception, and those are just the things that aren't quite they're just not happening. Uh, the blocked punt was a great thing. Arizona you know, got but, two sacks in consecutive plays in the first half. Oh yeah, I I I, <laughs> I was I I was having a moment when that happened at the game. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's there are things to like and. I feel like this is going to be how we talk about this season when it's over. You're going to be like, well, you know what? That wasn't great, but there were things to like where you could feel like there was some improvement. You just don't see it on the scoreboard. You don't see it in the standings, and that's what makes it tough because we can say the same thing every week, and it's different. It's like every time they've had a game where you think, oh, well, they're done. You know, they lost to NAU when they came back and had a chance against Oregon. They got blasted by Colorado. It's like, oh, they came back and they should have beat Washington. Like, that's what they're doing. Every time they think – you. They make you not want to care or not believe they have a chance. They make you think, wait, they could actually win this game. And that's what that ultimately that's what should be happening. The totality of the season may be a lot of that. And who knows, maybe they'll steal a game. But the totality should be, oh, they had a chance. Because that wasn't the case last year, and it wasn't the case for much of the year before that, at least once the losing streak started. If you want to feel bad after this game, I'm not going to stop you. 
It's a loss. And losses are never a good thing. But it's a loss that should have been a win. And that's it's a step forward. It's progress. <laughs> that's progress. So <sighs> Arizona, though, we'll see if that progress can continue. They got a game against USC coming up. Let's talk about it after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back. So as we talked about before the break, Arizona has another game coming up. They're going to USC. The I guess before this season, the last team they had a real chance to beat. <laughs> Arizona did lose to USC last season, a really close game. Arizona had a chance at the very end, but they could not make a defensive play. Christian Roland Wallace mistimed his jump ever so slightly and missed out on a chance for a game-sealing interception. This is not, similar to Washington last week, this is not a great USC team. They have their interim coach, Dante Williams, good friend of Arizona, was there in Tucson for like eight months, eight very unproductive and unimpactful months. But they've had quarterback issues with injuries and a little bit of controversy and just they're more talented. Once again, there's way more talent on USC, but it does have a kind of a Washington feel to it, only this is on the road now. Yeah, I think... uh... It's maybe this is the Christian Roland Wallace redemption game uh, of the interception and maybe making up for a poor performance, maybe the worst of his career against Washington, going against Drake London at USC, who horrifies me. Yeah, he's really <laughs> yeah. good. Through seven games, Adam, he has over a thousand yards receiving himself. I don't know if Arizona's going to have a thousand yards as a team. I, I looked it up. We have 1,469, and he has a nice. thousand. Uh, seven or thousand three himself so that's <laughs> that's concerning um <laughs> you know I, I it on the surface it's another one where just the talent gap even with a poor usc team um is and especially on the road is probably more than arizona can realistically hope to overcome um but stranger things have happened <laughs> yeah um you know i don't think uh slovis if he if, uh, is, is a world beater, I think he's a competitive quarterback, but he's a guy that can make some mistakes. Um, you know, if the defense is able to control um, their passing attack and, and Drake London, I think that key in on him. And then I think they have a couple of running backs that are kind of their, their bruisers or uh, Ingram is, I think their big bruiser guy. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not going to call a win, but I'm curious to see if they can have it be competitive, you know, maybe that, in, the, that's in, in the Oregon game kind of perspective of like, Hey, they're in this and they're may, they want to be a tough out. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing you kind of wonder, we talk about does Arizona quit on the season or do they keep fighting, keep playing hard? 
You can ask the same thing about USC. They're three and four. They're coming off a couple of straight losses. Now, granted, the last one was to Notre Dame, who's pretty good. But between Keaton Slovis or Jackson Dart, there's people who think Dart should be their quarterback right now. This is not a team that's good. Talented, but they're not good. And maybe they're not as talented as USC teams in the past, right? A lot of USC teams in the past, they could make up for a lack of coaching because they were just so damn good. Maybe this team isn't that. But they're still, even USC on their worst years, going to be more talented than Arizona, except for maybe Arizona's best year. And this is not Arizona's best year. So the question is, can Arizona go on the road and do this? After the heartbreaking, do they take the confidence from Washington? Do they look and say, do they say, we should have won that game? We can win this game. Let's go do it. Or do they take it as, we should have won this game. Damn it, if we can't even win a game we should have won, we're never going to win. And that's what's curious about this game. Now, there's a lot of players going home to L.A. There's a lot of California guys on this team. So maybe they have some of that motivation. But it's a really every game from here on out is interesting for Arizona. And this one is interesting for that reason because it's a game that they're, again, I think nearly 20-point underdogs against a team that may not be ready to beat anyone by 20 points. And what kind of fight does Arizona put up? That's That's the thing. Yeah, I think, you know, like I mentioned in the in the first segment, being there at the game and kind of seeing body language, you know, as deflating as it got after the after the interception, which is discouraging, you know. But the, for most of that game, there was a, a, a still a lot of energy. They they seem to be buying into the believe mentality that that I like that the shirt. Lot. It, it oh, caused it some controversy great. I saw, but like some dumb controversy, but I really like the shirt. What a stupid non-controversy. <laughs> when you lose like... 19 straight, this is what happens. Every every little thing becomes a thing. That, that's all. Yeah. It's, somebody really trying to say that we stole their believe concept that they stole from a very, very popular television show. <laughs> like, yeah. what, are, what, are we, what are we arguing about here, guys? Um, you know, if they come out, if you're, if you're an Arizona player, you know, you look at this game and be like, are they are they going to give up and kind of roll over? Are they going to keep showing the fight and say, hey, what can I do to make those small little things? If I'm ready short, do I need to make sure I know if the ball goes here, I try to scoop and score this? If I'm Anthony Simpson, do I know that I need to chip a guy there on this play action or I'm leaving my quarterback out to dry? You know, because, you know, a, a hundred little things like that, if they t- if the players as a as a whole take that approach. I think they'll put up a decent fight, and if, when they start to see some, if they see success running the ball, Jalen John didn't have a lot of yards per carry, but he looked pretty shifty. Mm-hmm. Stevie Rocker looked like a monster in the making, um, and when you have Jamari Joyner being, uh, you know, thrown out there in a in a kind of modified wildcat um, perspective, like they're moving the, they were moving the ball. They were, and if you can if you can run the ball against USC, play the, you know. I you know I want to see the Oregon game plan blended with the Washington game plan, and I think that they can at least put up a fight. So USC does have more offensive talent than Washington does, probably more closely the line to Oregon. And Oregon was scoring. <laughs> Arizona didn't have a great job, didn't do great stopping yep. Oregon, especially early in that game, and that's what makes this so intriguing. Like this is like you mentioned, Drake Line. That guy's just he's a monster. Arizona's probably not stopping him. After that, there's not a lot. There hasn't been a lot for USC, and of course their quarterbacks have thrown eight interceptions between the two of them. So it's not like they haven't given the ball. They like, can Arizona get a couple of turnovers. Can they be in this game and stay in it the whole time? Because you got to think, too, and I think it worked that way for Washington. They were probably that non-interception from having Arizona scoring again from the game being over. 
And the more teams that Arizona competes with, if they can keep, if they can keep it close with a team like USC, be within a score in the fourth quarter, maybe have the lead in the fourth quarter. Does USC get tight? It's their homecoming game. There's already pressure. Just everything that's happening this season. Do they get tight? Can Arizona do that? Can Arizona get the lead and step on the throat? Can they get the turnover? Can they get the one big play? Arizona doesn't have big plays in them right now. They had a couple of the runs. I think Steve Rocker had a long run, but they don't have the big passing plays for sure. And with a box that's surely to be loaded against them, can they make something happen? Do they try to maybe turn Will Plummer loose a little bit? Like, there are so many things, and that's where coaching comes back into the play. What can they scheme to make this successful? Can they get more than 19 points in a game? You know, all these things could happen, <laughs> but it's just it's a very limited roster and what they can do. Last week might have been a glimpse of the coaching staff's ability to game plan, but I don't think that game plan works against USC. Parts of it, obviously, like if you could run the ball, then yes, keep running the ball. That's that's a given. Can they run the ball against USC? Because if Arizona can't run the ball, if they're picking up two and a half yards of carry and not doing anything on the ground, ooh, like they, this is not a team that's built to, to beat you through the air, at least not from what we've seen. I mean, honestly, I think if you can get three yards of carry, you're competitive if you're doing the play, if you're, if you're approaching it the right way, because you're putting yourself into manageable third downs, which, you know, Arizona's had some success when it's like third and four, third and three, it's when it's third and eight or longer that, you know, when you can't pass the ball, you're you're setting yourself up for failure. So in my mind, it's it's if you if you're if you're getting three plus yards of carry, you're competitive. If you're getting four plus yards of carry, you might actually be like really competitive. Well, in, the in nice this thing is USC is giving up their middle of the pack in rush defense. They're giving up about four point three six yards per carry in six conference games. So I mean, they're not they're not stout against the run necessarily. Like they're not they're not great. Their defense has not been that good. But of course it's Arizona's offense, which is uh, yeah, there's not there's not much positive to say about them other than last week they were doing a good job playing keep away and not messing up until they messed up. So the same slim margin for error that really the margin of error doesn't exist, that still applies in this game. No matter how down no. USC might be, Arizona has to play a clean game and I I, I <laughs> I can't see it happening, and I can see this one going the other direction and kind of like that USC gets right game. I see that more likely than Arizona competing in the fourth quarter. So I really do because just Arizona, I just don't see how they score points. Like they're more likely to turn the ball over than score. Like they're more likely to have three turnovers than they are to have 24 points in this game, I think. They're more, they're more likely to throw a pass that results in points for the other team than for themselves. Yeah, and <laughs> – they might go to more Jamari Joyner at quarterback. They probably will have more packages for him in there, and I'm curious to see him maybe throw the ball a little bit more, but it should always be the Wildcat formation type thing. Like he's not. I, I don't think it's fair to just make him the quarterback. I don't think he necessarily wants to be the quarterback, but I like all his quotes about it that he had over the He's like, yeah, I have never, st- never forgot how to play quarterback, just having to learn some of the offense. That's a good wrinkle. It's forced, but it's a good wrinkle to have. It's the best they can come up with. I just don't think Arizona has the horses to score enough points to keep up with an offense that – yeah, USC's not great, but there's talent on that offense, and Arizona, I don't think, can slow them down enough to allow Arizona's offense to keep up. I mean, first, this is going to sound like a joke, but you need to keep Drake London under 120 yards receiving, which is probably not going to happen. <laughs> and even that's a lot of yards receiving. Um, I do like seeing Jamari Joyner uh, back there a bit more. The one time I've ever liked a shotgun on a third and short or fourth and short situation is a run is a wildcat type formation. It works uh, more effectively um, where you don't have the, 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 the risks and the delay of a uh, 
of a handoff and the, the guy who's receiving the snap, usually joiner in these situations, can like see where he's going pretty quickly and it makes it easier to get a yard. I also think um, if I'm if I'm Jed Fish, uh, no matter how much I'm up or down, if it's fourth and two or less and I am beyond my own 30, I'm going for it all game long. <laughs> you might have to, but game flow dictates all of that, of course. Yeah. And we'll just have to see what Arizona can do. I, <sighs> it'd be, <laughs> it would have been nice for them to win the Washington game just to get this monkey off their back. It's a four o'clock kickoff at the Coliseum. It's going to be on ESPNU. So, yeah, people can watch it if they want. And it's one of those where I think we'll know early. It's, I mean, if they're going to get blown out, it's going to happen early on. I think. I think it's going to be one of those where it's like seventeen nothing, twenty to nothing within the first. 20, 25 minutes of the game. If that's going to happen, it's going to happen. We'll know. But if it can be ugly, if Arizona can run the ball and kind of play keep away and eat up clock like they did against Washington, then maybe USC gets a little tight and maybe that turnover, that bounce goes Arizona's way and they get the interception, they get that extra point, so they get that pick six or you know something goes their way. But we'll know early. I think we'll know by halftime who's going to win. We'll know. Well, I mean, we know who's going to win before the game starts. <laughs> um <laughs> But I was going to say, to be to be fair, uh, you know, they got behind pretty big early against Oregon, and that game got competitive. But counterpoint, that was a Jordan McLeod offense, and I'm not convinced, uh, even with the the pared down play calling and uh, and focus on running the ball, and maybe Jamari Joyner and Stevie Rocker guys making some. You got to bust out a, a few. You have to have a few big plays, and you got to get points off those big plays. The, yeah. the like the Stevie Rocker fifty-yard run needs to be a seventy-yard touchdown run uh, for them to have a chance, because mm-hmm. um, field goals ain't gonna cut it. You know, we got to get past nineteen points, or you're not gonna win any games. Unless you only give up eighteen, but that seems unlikely to happen this Saturday against USC. Well, Brett, let's take one more break, and we come back. We asked our Wildcat Radio AZ Twitter account people, we asked for a mailbag, asked your questions, and you gave us your answers. Or Yeah, we, we asked for your questions. We'll give you our answers. Uh, something, whatever. We're going to take a break and come back with the mailbag. Nailed it. <laughs> right, we're back. One more segment to go. It's a mailbag segment. We asked you, at Wildcat Radio AZ is a Twitter handle. We'll do that from time to time to see what Wildcat Nation is thinking. And Brett, what do we got this week? Sure. The first question is from at the underscore dude one one two one. Is it possible that both both Ashworth and Zermano are worse than Plummer? That would be the uh, both of the walk on quarterbacks. Zermano was the walk on that had some scholarship offers, not necessarily Power Five. Luke Ashworth is a fairly well thought of for a walk on type quarterback. Um, I'll I'll let you take a first crack at it before I go to the direct answer, Adam. Yes, it it is possible, and I say this because I would imagine I I think Will Plummer has some talent. I think what he's lacking is experience, and I'm not sure Arizona's. I don't know if he's going to get that experience at Arizona, but Zermano has the same lack of experience. He's never taken a snap in a Pac-12 game, and neither has Ashworth. So, like, it, this is it's kind of like when people would say like the best someone could beat the worst someone. Like no. Like, there's a reason Will Plummer got a scholarship. There's a reason why he's the guy right now. And, yeah, he's not as good as Jordan McLeod. He's probably not as good as Gunnar Cruz. But is he better than Ashworth and Zermano? Yes. He is a better quarterback for this team than those guys are at this exact moment. 
Yeah, I was going to be like, it's it's this is a very simple question. You know, we talk about the talent differential and will the difference between a scholarship quarterback and a walk-on quarterback, even a good walk-on quarterback, is the is the talent level. I feel like his, some walk-ons have succeeded, but they are very much the exception. Very, yeah, very much. I, I don't imagine Arizona's walk-on quarterbacks are at that level. And no offense to Ashworth, who's done a great job on like scout team and, and Zermaine. They're probably doing everything they're supposed to be doing, everything that's asked of them. That's terrific. But they're not on Will Plummer's level, no matter what Will Plummer's level is. No, they're they're probably closer to a Rich Rod type of talent level than 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 not, or a Ret Rod. I mean, um, I think they're actually both pretty good guys as as depth guys. Uh, but I don't think that, and I don't think the drop off would be as much as people would necessarily believe. Uh, and I think that's more a reflection of those guys being talented for walk-ons, but they are, there's definitely a clear reason why Will Plummer is playing and they are not. And just think of it this way, too. That's, at best, your fourth and fifth quarterbacks on the roster, depending on where you would put Jamari Joyner. I, I don't think any program in the country has four or five good quarterbacks. So I, <laughs> and it's showing not Arizona. So it's hopefully Will, Will Plummer's the guy. Hopefully he stays healthy. There's still a lot. There's still half a season, a little less than half a season left in this to go. So hopefully he stays healthy because otherwise you might see Luke Ashworth or Zermano. And I'm not. Well, if they get an opportunity, I hope they play well. I'll put it that way. There you go. All right. Next question is from Armando Nava at Nava Law AZ. Uh, is a one in eleven season a success if the one win is against ASU? Generally, I don't think so. This year, absolutely. I mean, even if they just get one win this season, it's success. It doesn't have to be against ASU, but if it is against ASU, especially if it's against ASU, yes. <laughs> I don't think anyone would ask for more than that from this year and this team. Yeah, I, I could not agree more, especially in the context of where we are at sitting 0-7 with a lot of competitive losses like we talked about. You know, NAU game, still the, the giant you know, scab of of uh, a thing that should have broken the, the the winning streak in the San Diego State blowout. That in hindsight, San Diego State looks pretty good. Um, you know, if that was the only win they got the rest of the year, I think that would go a long way. It would help probably secure, oh, I don't know, maybe some in-state recruiting battles with people that have uh, upcoming sanctions and get some <laughs> you know positivity going into signing day, uh, the early signing day. But um, I'm not necessarily calling for that to happen. I think more likely wins are before that. Uh, but you know, also it's a rivalry game and I'm a strong believer in the, in the territorial cup, it, no matter how good or bad either team is, it's never more than a 60, 65, 35, 60, 40 proposition. Cause that's just a weird game where weird things happen. Well, last year was a 70 to seven proposition and that goes yes, into it too. Yes. And, yes. You made that joke yeah. last time. Adam. Hey, you're going to keep saying that. I'm not someone who believes that the ter- uh, rivalry game is always that way. Usually if there's a team that's so much better than the other, the team that's so much better wins comfortably. But because of what happened last season, because of what's going on with ASU, because of where Arizona's at, yeah, if Arizona can go up to Tempe and win that game, maybe knock ASU out of the Pac-12 South title or something, make everyone feeling pretty, pretty good. <laughs> you, know? you would feel good about Jed Fisher. I'm trying to think the last coach to win their first Territorial Cup was Stoops, I think. I think he won in a bad season. He beat ASU. Rich Rod lost his, I guess Tim Kish won his first one. But Rich Rod lost his first one. Someone lost his first Territorial Cup. Both of them had Terradola Cups where their teams blew it. They should have won. So who knows what would happen this year. But if Jed Fish and Arizona can find a way to play their best football game of the season and their last football game of the season and win, I don't think anyone's complaining. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, last question, Adam, is a uh, is a basketball question from Claire hyphen hashtag vaxxed uh, masked emoji at KG seven M A J over under on the number of wins for men's hoops this season. Hmm. That's a good one. I let's see. I'd probably put them at say 22 and a half. Is that fair? Like for, to set was, the line at, what, what? I mean, I was going to, I was going to follow, I'll follow your question with a question. How many games are, are to be played with any kind of like in season tournaments where there might be some variable if they, you know, if they win, they play four games instead of three, et cetera. Well, I look at it and say an Arizona team that wins 22, 23, 24 games is going to the dance. And that's a successful season. I think this team is capable of winning that many games. I, I do believe in Tommy Lloyd's system. I believe in the roster that's been constructed, in part due to Sean Miller, largely in part, you know, or largely due to Sean Miller. I think it's a talented team. And by all accounts, this offense should fit a lot of this talent. So I think winning 22-plus games shouldn't be out of the question. Then again, you do have a first-year head coach with guys in their first year in the system, and the Pac-12 has some pretty good teams in it. So, do I expect Arizona to win 26-27? No. But I think they have the talent to win 22-23-24, which is why I figured a line, if you played at 22-and-a-half, where, where would you stand? Because it's like, you can't, yeah. Yeah, you can't say over-under when there's no, over, there's no line, but if we put the line at, say, 22-and-a-half, where are you at? I like how you framed that back to me, because I think if you put the line there, I would take the over, and I'd feel pretty good about it, because okay. I actually think this team's going to be pretty good. Um, so, maybe should the line be 23-and-a-half? 24-and-a-half? That would have been... I think 23 and a half is a is a more accurate one for what my expectations are. Um, I think the when the lines come out, I don't think they're out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if your 22 and a half is where it starts at, because I think there's so many unknowns um, and it, it and there's not necessarily the clear star player that's going to maybe move those lines a little bit. Um, I know you see the, I think the highlights from their scrimmage. Everyone's a star player on Arizona. I mean, Arizona uh, definitely won the red-blue game. They also <laughs> definitely lost. <laughs> um, you know, so I think it's uh, the, other, the other complicating factor with the over-under is there is some decent teams in the Pac-12 this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, we talked about it in the past. I think, what was it? Where were they picked to finish? Fourth or fifth in the – was it fourth in the Pac-12? Yeah, fourth the in the Pac-12, poll? yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard to argue with, like, UCLA, who brings everybody back that, Oregon. you know, had a – you know, there, there's some good teams there, so – you know, it, 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 the real question is uh, how they do in the in the non-con. I think that fourth place is fair in the Pac-12. It's also how much they beat up on the teams they're supposed to beat. There's some interesting uh, games. I think they're, they're playing on the road at Illinois. I think in December, uh, who is uh, I think ranked number 11. Um, but there's also plenty of you know. If we lose to NAU in basketball this year, Adam, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm quitting the podcast. I, I, I just can't I, talk about I it. I feel anymore. like men's basketball is going to avenge football in that one. I hope they have that mentality too. Like they come out, they run out of the court, do it for football or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I think I think 23. If it's 22 and a half, I'm taking the over because I think my most likely win total is 24, which is a really successful season. Um, especially depending on what the composition of those 24 wins is. Mm-hmm. I think that definitely puts you in the big dance. I think it puts you at a reasonable seed, potentially, you know, borderline top 25 type team. Um, that's, 
Yeah, I, and I think I think that line might move up if they look good early on. And I think there's a better chance that they will look surprisingly good than that than they will look surprisingly bad. If that makes sense. I know I would agree. If if I had to pick either under like the under over, like I take the over of the line I said, I think there's a better chance of it as it's surprisingly good than surprisingly bad, just because there is too much talent on this roster. Granted, if they lose one of their two point guards that they have on the roster. Well, if they lose their one point guard and they're left with all the combo guards, like there's a lot of fluid. There's a lot we don't know. But just you look at the roster, it's a good roster. It's a talent. It's an upper half of the Pac-12 roster. An upper half of the Pac-12, a pretty good Pac-12 roster, should win north of 20 games. Now, how they get there, especially if they finish strong, everything we'll, we'll see. But it's, yeah, this is not like football where you go in and thinking they're going to be bad. This is basketball saying they should be pretty good. There's unknowns. But they're unknowns that should resolve themselves in a positive manner for this team. So, yeah. yeah. I would put them north it's, of 22.5, but I like that line for myself. I mean, if their top two point guards get hurt after the first few games and they turn to Will Plummer at point guard, I will lower <laughs> my uh, my my prediction. There you go. <laughs> I think that that's fair. And we could probably end it there. Everyone, thank you for submitting your questions. At Wildcat Radio, AZ is a Twitter handle. There's always content coming from the games and everything to you throughout the week the week from that account. So make sure you follow it if you're not already at Wildcat Radio AZ. But otherwise, we appreciate you listening to this week's show. We assume you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, if you just stumbled upon us, hit that subscribe button. We're pretty good. We like doing this. And hopefully, one of these days, we're going to talk about a football win. And if it's not soon, at least we're going to get some basketball wins to talk about, men's and women's. So that's going to be a thing. I promise you, men's and women's basketball will win games this season, even if football does not. So keep on our channel for that. And of course, if you're on iTunes, Rate us, review us, and we'll read that review on the air. Whatever the next show is, we'll read that review. Whatever it is, like good, bad, otherwise, we will we'll say your name with it. You don't get to be anonymous, but we'll read what you had to say about us. So I think I think technically they can put in, you know, a handle name that is kind of anonymous. Don't Adam, tell but... don't, don't say that. <laughs> like, yes, you could basically be anonymous. And we will, well, unless it's a name that we just can't read on our show, we will read the name plus the review. Okay. There you go. That, so that's that. So <laughs> enjoying everyone. Arizona, USC, four o'clock on Saturday from the Coliseum. ESPNU. Watch it if you want because it is still a football game. Whatever happens in that game, and of course, basketball season is nigh. We're going to talk about it all next week. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.